Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I am Lemuel. And we're ha- traveling back in time, back in time to 1922, where it was a real bummer. Yep, I can't do your dance. Oh, well. It was I... great because actually I can and nobody can see me not doing it. That's right. You're definitely doing the same thing. I, I am doing the same thing you are on the ceiling. Uh, this week, we, uh, we're we going to talk about the Netflix movie 1922 from 2017. Before we get started, how was your week here on the night of November 9th, 2020? Actually, I had a wonderful weekend. Yeah, turns out. Yes, I had a very good weekend. I was notified by a friend in Austria in the middle of a conversation we were having one morning that we had a president of the United States and it was not Donald Trump, so... Hoorah. Now all yes. he has to do is concede. Well, yes. As <laughs> we'll at this point now, um, before the end of the world, I'm sure that this will be the last thing that will be playing on some computer in the middle of a heap somewhere, or an iPhone, uh, in the wreckage, the smoking wreckage of the world. Yes, well. <laughs> like and those, all that is left is podcast. That fatal last... <laughs> Um, my fatal last words. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. Everything will be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Right. Hey, everyone, I'm going to maybe eat on mic tonight. I'll do my best not to be gross about it, but I'm very hungry and I don't want to die. Also, it's very cold, and if I don't it's eat, very cold. I might it? turn What's into a, an Amity sickle. I don't know. Today's low was uh, 43, and the high was 63. We have friends who are laughing at us right now. Friends in New York. Yes. We are soft Californians. Soft. Well, it's a Mediterranean climate that we advertise about here, so um, we don't do cold temperatures. I like cool, but 40s is rough for me, and uh, it's the coldest we've been in the new house, so now we know how the heat goes. And my room is at the front of the house, away from the heating, the heat of the oven or the heat of the heater, so... I bought a space heater today. It's okay. If it tips over, it turns off, so it'll be safe. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, uh, there's, I think we started yesterday, and there was that wonderful smell of burning dust that you get when you turn on a heater that hasn't been used for a while. It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. I remember my old house, the old house, we turned on that space heater, and it burned dust for days. Oh, yeah. And that, so there yeah. was this terrible, terrible smell that filled the house. Because it was also open to an unfinished basement. Right. So, yeah, there's never a shortage of dust. You're so never going to burn off all the dust. was burning there, you know, insect parts, guano, I, I don't know. I'm wearing a sweater over a sweater, so. Yes. That's like my Escher's That's my look. Drawing. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get started into this weird okay. movie that we watched? It's, it's um, <laughs> Yes. It's a very interesting movie. Is it? It is in that. <laughs> we were both discussing how we'd have to, because we saw it yesterday. Apparently, mm-hmm. we had seen it before. And until about an hour ago, I don't think I remembered that I'd seen it before. This movie is ephemeral in my brain at best. I saw it yesterday, and I barely think that I've seen it once, but I'm pretty sure now I've seen it twice. Well... It's it's not a bad movie. It's slow and sepia-toned. I think there was... I, I, I'm trying to 
to find the right things to say because it was a, I don't want to say it was a beautiful movie. Mm. It is. It is. They they did the a nice job. It is yeah. stunning. Um, and so the evocation of place is very good. Yeah. However, not a great deal happens in this film. Almost nothing happens in this film. And the so the thing that happens happens right away. Uh-huh. And then it's just blowback from well, the thing. It's a long downward spiral, predictable downward spiral. That's the other problem is it it pulls from both other Stephen King works uh-huh. and plots, Secret Window. Right. And the Telltale Heart and I mean, it's got these threads that feel like parts of a ton of other things. So nothing was surprising, particularly. Here's what was surprising. Thomas Jane, almost unrecognizable. Yes, that was a great performance. And it was also a great physical performance between the makeup and the costume. Yeah. He looked like he lost a great deal of weight for the part. It seemed that way. Yes. He looked... His face was like a totally different shape than I'm used to seeing it. Yeah, it was, yeah, because I was like, I think an hour in, I was like, oh, wait, that's strange. Like, he is, he doesn't sound like himself, and he doesn't look like himself, and he doesn't carry himself like in Hung or fucking Deep Blue Sea, right? Right. Like, doesn't look like a man who travels around barefoot, which is a true thing about the actor Thomas Jane. I don't know why I know that. All right, you want to get into this plot? Yes, he doesn't like shoes. All right, well, yes. All right, it's 1922, (laughs) plot twist. (laughs) And Will... I didn't see that coming. It's amazing. Whose name is Wilfred James, but he goes by the unusual and improbable Wilf is a farmer who lives in Hemingford Home, Nebraska. You know who else lives in Hemingford Home, Nebraska? Enlighten me. Mother Abigail. Ah. It is a faux city. Is it the same it is cornfield? This it is a similar cornfield. I it is an attached cornfield because there's a cow in, somewhere underneath the farm. In the Children of the Corn movie movies, Hemingford Home is the next place you could get to past the place that you're about to die in. All right. So I guess you can't get there. It's hard to get there. So he lives in Nebraska with his wife, Arlette, played by the unsinkable Molly Parker, <laughs> and their 14-year-old son, Henry. Wilf is um, kind of a dick. <laughs> so Wilf plans... So Arlette's going to get, what, 100 acres? Yeah. She's fixing to inherit 100 acres. And he's going to merge that 100 acres with his 80 acres, and they are going to have a beautiful farm. And Arlette is like, I hate farming. I would like to sell my 100 acres and go own a shop in a town. It's a very, very, very Laura Ingalls Wilder homestead. Right. Like, I feel like this conversation is had at least three times in the Laura Ingalls Wilder books by different people. The implication seems to be, from a later conversation, that Wolf and the missus got pregnant out of wedlock, and this was not a situation that they wanted Indeed. to have. So, Wolf hates his wife mm-hmm. for reasons 
Well, there's a reason that comes up multiple and several times. One of which is that he would really want a submissive wife who simply conceded to his needs and his wants all the time. Gross. Because if you remember, he's angry at the parent of his son's girlfriend. Yes. That Neil McDonough plays. Yes. Uh, for many reasons, because he has a shiny new car, because there's a bright new red barn, and because he has a wife who cooks and cleans and basically says nothing to him. She's a life support system for her personal parts. Well, that's... His personal right. parts, I guess. Yeah. And you can see that he's obviously still physically attracted to his wife. Uh, Wilf is. Um, there's a scene where she's dressing and he's standing at the door watching her for a second. And sort of angry at himself for having those kind of feelings. But that plays into later on finding out exactly how these two wound up together. Yeah. Because there is that question. So he convinces his son to mm -hmm. help him murder his wife, which is wild. Uh -huh. But I guess in 1922, whatever choice on the farm needed to be done, you enlisted your kid. Right. <laughs> so that includes spousal spouse side. How do you... I don't know. Well, it's patricide for one and... I don't know what white side is. Mm. <laughs> that. Well, in this marriage, it's almost a mercy killing. Yeah, well. So, he kind of goads him into helping him because Arlette is very against the relationship that he has with the neighbor girl, Shannon. And so he's like, well, she's going to make you stop that relationship. So this is how you can continue that relationship, which... I guess, like, Oedipal, Oedipus has nothing on this kid, yeah. or this kid has nothing on Oedipus because he gives no fucks about his mom and all the fucks about his girlfriend. So, you know, to, to get her in a position where they can take her out, Wilf agrees to the sale, and as she celebrates by drinking the... Everything? I think she drank everything. Yes. She was very drunk. Um, and then that's when she talks about don't poke her. and In the home place. In the home place. You yeah, can rub can until it... Spits up. Spits up. Yeah, it's <laughs> it really is the most... <laughs> as graphic as yes, Gerald's it, game was, this right. conversation it, was like the, the conversation, shocking. Her metaphors <laughs> for human congress. But and, it was also like... That's your child that you're right. talking to. And what can only be described as outer course. Yes. Um, it, it it put horrible pictures in my mind. That, it was a, a yeah, while ago. Uh, it was some very choice use of metaphors. So good on you, Stephen King, but unfortunately I will never be able to unsee that. Yeah, that, that all does feel like it came from the short story. This is based on a short story, I should or say. Or novella. Uh, well, yes, novella, you're right. Oh, you're so finicky <laughs> Because a novella could be read in one sitting, it's generally under ten thousand words, and a short, uh, a short story is a novella is between ten and fifteen thousand. I, I know. Please don't and, do this. I hate it every 000. time, and I want to stab you. <laughs> Will he stab me with a kitchen knife? No. Will you? In this uh, so this help? was in Full Dark, No Stars. Okay. That was published in twenty mm, two. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Uh, so, Wilf tries to, or like, wrangles Arlette upstairs with her drunk ass, and uh, 
Henry covers her face while Wolf coats her throat with a butcher knife and then dumps her body in the dry well. The next time we see it, it's being fed on, fed on by uh, rats. Rats. <laughs> Were you going to say Carrie and just gave up and said rats? No. Okay. Rats. And then uh, to cover up the dead body in the well covered in rats, he drops the dead cat. Well, no, he doesn't drop a dead cat. He drops a, living, drops cow a living cow. In, in what true. is the saddest scene in the film to me um, is this poor cow who's led on top of this well cover, this wooden well cover that obviously can't support her weight. And even. And she knows it. Right. And <laughs> she's she looking at him like, why am I there? Why are you doing this to me? This is going to hurt. And then she drops and bleats painfully or moves. I don't know exactly what a cow's noises are called. I feel like. Down a well, that cow's bleeding. That's a fair. Right. That's a fair term. And then he shoots it with a shotgun. So it's just a oof a doof. Nothing gets an easy way out here. Because which gives him a reason why he's filling in the well because right. the sheriff is poking around because his wife is missing. She disappeared. He says she left me. She went to sell that land and she left me. She took her good jewelry. And her canvas shoes, because her real shoes are still there, her dress shoes, or her walking shoes, I guess. So maybe the idea was that she left home. He thinks this all out very carefully, and, and I have to say one of the interesting inventions of Wolf's character is that he claims that everyone has two people inside of them. Yeah. And what he calls the cunning man, which is an almost biblical kind of... Um, description. A person inside of him that makes him do wrong things. Yeah. Also the person that he blames for doing these wrong things without taking any personal responsibility. Yeah. However, this cunning man is actually very cunning because he goes to the extent of making up excuses and making and hiding evidence and staging things to make it look like his wife has really left. Right. And his son takes after him in that respect because when the sheriff comes around, he also contributes um, well, yeah, because he doesn't want to go to prison story. forever. Right. Well, because well, he's he would, he'd get hanged. Fixated on Shannon. Yes, he needs to go have sex with his girlfriend. Whoops! He poked her in the home place, and now she's pregnant. Now they're going to start a home, and he's not doing great. He's uh, pretty fucked up about the fact that he killed his mama, right. and uh, now she's pregnant, and he, her father, the Neil McDonough, mm-hmm. spoken of earlier. Sends her to a Catholic institution in Omaha uh, that will care for her until the baby is born and then adopt out the baby so she can come back, you know, in a year, fresh-faced and just like me. <laughs> and uh, Henry is driven to madness and drives, steals Wolf's car and drives to Omaha and takes Shannon. And then we don't know, but we do. We find out later. So then time is passing, and Wilf is like, when he's at church, she's, the the ghost of his wife is sitting there surrounded by rats, and um, well, he's, he's got a lot of rats happening in his, like real rats right. happening in his world, and uh, then he says he needs a project, so he goes to the bank to get, oh, I know what it was, it starts with, it's... $300 for to put uh, Shannon up at this institution. Yeah. Uh, her father comes over and is like, I know you're not a rich man, 
but you're going to have to come out. I'm not even going to ask you for half. I'm not even going to ask you for $150, but you need to find $75. Right. And Wilf is like, nope, don't have it. All I got is my house and my land. And he's like, well, you took out a bank loan and you paid it back. So take out another loan. And he's like, well, I had the farm, you know, right. growth to, to pay it back. I don't have that now. He's like, figure it out. And so Wilf goes to the bank and he goes to take out some small amount of money and then is talked up to a $750 mortgage in 1922. And I was like, it's a housing bubble. <laughs> it's literally exactly what happened. Wait for it. Uh, yeah, before the 20, 2000. That was like, it's 2002 to 2008. Right. Yeah. Um, and he he isn't really able to do any work. He's preoccupied by the fact that he's a murderer and he feels bad about it. But he's not gonna like apologize. And Arlette keeps showing in. up. Yes, well, Arlette will not leave. She's mad, and she's dead in a hole next to the house with a rat in her mouth. We yep. should warn people: there's, there's a rat a, in her mouth. It's a gross. rather graphic scene of a rat eating through her corpse, and it, the rat tail sort of flipping around out of her mouth, and then a rat crawling out. So uh, that's a very memorable image. I'm glad I wasn't eating at the time. The this is um, not dinner theater. The roof and his barn caves in, and so he brings the cow inside, and you were like, wait, is the cow haunting him? I didn't him? know the cow was real. I thought it was the ghost of the cow that he dropped but out I the I literally was like, well, if it's winter, he brought it inside because no. there's something wrong with the barn. And that is what happens. You killed me, Will. Uh, he is too consumed by guilt and alcohol so to he fix anything. The so the rain can come in and keep his mind from wandering. Uh, he ends up getting bit by a rat on the hand, and then... That gets infected and it must be amputated. Oh, we should say that this movie is written in flashback. Right. It opens with Wilf older in probably Omaha, right? He's in the city. Yeah. Or a city. And he's writing uh, his confession. What passes for a city? Oh, well, yeah. It was 1922. Yeah. Cities were different, they were shorter. Um, and while in the basement one night, uh, he is confronted, construct, conf the, he mm -hmm. is confronted by the ghost of his wife and also all of the rats that have been, uh, plaguing both of them. And she leans into his face and whispers to him about, the horrors that have beset their son and daughter-in-law. Uh, she recounts the story that they took off together out of Omaha and became robbers known as the Sweethearts Bandits. During one of the heists, Shannon is shot. She loses the baby and then dies from blood loss. And then Henry lays down next to her and shoots himself in the head. This movie's not a bummer at all. And later, there is a scene where the sheriff comes and says, we found there's an unidentified woman who, whose body was found by the side of the road. She's missing her two back teeth. And did Arlette, was Arlette missing those teeth? 
And I guess he says yes. This is CSI Nebraska. I know. Well, <laughs> it's CSI 1922. Right. It's like, hey, um, missing I, I reckon she did. She, she missed him back to He's like, you know, you said she left with jewels and, you know, with her good jewelry and money, and this body was found without either of those things. So it's clear that mm-hmm. a robber doesn't come and take her things. And I'm just like, that's very convenient for old Wilf over here. And then Henry's body is... The sheriff comes back and says, we found the remains of a cow by the road. <laughs> uh, well, they don't... They know the cow is down there. Well, he I, knows the cow is I in just the think well. I it was too convenient. There could have been a, you know, a, a cow story as well. Uh, you were really obsessed with the cow. Something... <laughs> well, again... Nothing not, has happened. Right. <laughs> um, Henry's body is returns to Wilf, and he makes sure that he's buried. He, first of all, he sees him in bad disrepair because... Rats got to the body. Um, now this scene amazes me. So the, they have his body laid out. I imagine to be the a doctor's or a coroner's office, and he pulls down the sheet covering Henry's Henry, right? Yeah. His face, and there is a face completely devoid of eyes or now mouth or yeah. nose because the rats have eaten it off. Now then, the coroner doctor says, "I should have warned you. The rats got to his face." Don't you think you would warn the father about that before you let him look at the rat face or the rat eating face? Yes, you do. You I do just do like, that. oh, by the way, you might want to know that before yeah. you look at your son's face. So uh, he decides that Wolf goes to Shannon's father and tries to sell him the land that he has. Um, and now I guess he's got all 180 acres, right? Because Arlette's presumed dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, Shannon's dad tells him to go fuck himself and leave, leave, his, leave his property and never come back. Uh, he ends up selling to the livestock company that Arlette originally wanted to sell to, but for a much lower price. And he moves to Omaha and finds a job hauling pallets, but he is continuously followed by rats for the next eight years. So that's when it is 1930 when, we, when the movie okay. starts and ends. And he's uh, writing his confession, concluding, in the end, we all get caught. By the time he finishes, dozens of rats have swarmed into his room, and we've been, they've been chewing at the walls, and we've been flashing back to him getting, and them getting closer. Arlette, Henry, and Shannon's corpses have all appeared in front of the frightened Wilf, brandishing the same butcher knife he used to kill his mother. Henry tells Wilf that his death will be quick. And see. So, so there's a reason why you could go through all the plot twists in this film so quickly, and that's mostly because there were none. Yeah, it's pretty um, straightforward, and like I said, it pulls from various other pop culture sources, including Stephen King's other works. Well, yes, it was kind of like this Heartland Macbeth. Yeah. Um, and again, the film is really visually interesting mm. but there I really feel and I know that we disagreed on this yeah but unlike Macbeth where there's a kingdom at stake there's not really much else going on we know that he's going to descend into madness but we also dislike him so much from the beginning that there's not really a lot of a concern it's like it's obvious he's going to pay for this somehow and the way he ruins his son's life and his wife's life, you don't really have a great deal invested on whether or not he somehow rescues himself. You know from the very beginning, 
that he's going to make this confession of his sins, and this is probably the last thing that he'll do. Yeah. So everything's yeah, kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah, he's done it right conclusion. away. And I thought it was funny because he's like, I killed my wife and Henry helped, and I was like, fucking way to blow up his spot, asshole. Right. I did not realize at that point that Henry was deceased and would no longer be prosecuted. But I was like, come on, man. Rude. And so what did you feel was going I, on? I don't know. It was nice to look at. And Thomas Strain was very good, especially given how much he was different than the Thomas Strain that she I used looked to. looked like a, a Dorothea Lange picture. You know, those pictures that she took of these the weathered faces of Dust Bowl migrants um, that were just seamed with dirt and caked with it. And at no point, it seems, in his film, does he really even open his mouth. He's talking through clenched teeth all the time. Mm-hmm. So he creates a very convincing character. Yeah. But, again, um, and he disappears into But, like, uh, like I said, I was convinced the whole time we were watching this yesterday that I'd never seen it before. And then mm-hmm. today I was like, I think I saw that movie twice. And I still don't really have an opinion about it. It's, um... It is very beautifully realized, like visually very nice, but um, I don't know. It just wasn't my favorite. Yeah. um... And I wasn't like engaged. That was the other thing. I had trouble focusing on it. I was just like. (laughs) <laughs> looking at my phone a lot. I think I was painting, actually. Well, well which was a pity, because you were missing the really significant part of the film, which was the way that it looked. Well, I was I was seeing what it was looking. Right. Like... It reminded me a lot of Terrence Malick's films. Okay, I could see that. That yeah. are really very visual, and they're low, they're very sparse dialogue, and you're looking at these compositions, these images that he produces, and they somehow make a narrative together, even though sometimes they're, you know... Um, Tree of Life, I think, is the one yeah. that has the, uh, for some reason, a flashback that goes back to dinosaurs and the birth of the universe. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, and then also, just like, right, the narration continues after the character dies. Like, uh, you're doing a lot. Y'all right. are doing a whole and bunch of it's a lovely here. movie, but it's n- not for everyone because it's, it's almost as if you're watching uh, the last segment of 2001 where there's no story. The story gets completely abandoned. You're watching this set of visual images and you're giving a coherence by what you think is going on. Mm -hmm. And it's completely open to interpretation. This film isn't quite like that. Yeah. But you are given these really striking images. The scene of Molly Parker's character, Arlette, down at the bottom of the well with the rats creeping over the body. Yeah, that was a rough go. That will stay with you. Uh, The scene of the uh, rat bite that infects Wolf's hand. Yeah. And his attempts in this, you know, to go out and start the car and to try to get it going so he can get to a doctor because he realizes the danger that his hand is in. Yeah. And also realizing that once he cuts, once he loses that hand, this farm, and everything he's done in this film is to get possession of the farm and the acreage. Right. And now he can't. Now he can't work it. Yeah. His son is gone. His wife is gone whatever assistance she could have given him, even though she was just not present in that marriage. Um, his good name, I mean, he's under suspicion by the locals anyhow. Yeah. And he's, again, a really unlikable character, so it's not as if uh, he has any friends to share this with. And I think that's another 
problem for me with the film is that there's just so little to follow this man with. I can't... When you look at Dolores Claiborne, for instance, mm-hmm. here's a woman, the story of a woman who murders her husband. Yeah. But you have so much invested in her because you realize on some level she's a victim. Right. And uh, Yeah, this guy's just a dick. Right. And I'm this like, is, you're just watching this, this person... This is what you get. ...manipulate people, uh, have people killed... I really manipulate his son. That's the character I feel the worst for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think with those parents he ever stood a cha- choice. Right, a that chance, kid is just going to... It's, it was, yeah. And also, um, Shannon, Henry's girlfriend, yeah. does not stand a chance. She's just caught up in this whirlpool of insanity and death, as melodramatic as that sounds. And she doesn't... In the end, she's helping Rob Banks. Yeah. And um, they turn into Henry and um, and Shannon turn into a kind of Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde, Clyde, yeah, wandering around the countryside, shooting people, and then becoming folk heroes, and then, of course, suffering the fate that those people live. She gets shot in the back while she's running away from a crime, pregnant, right. pregnant, right? So it, and then she and uh, Henry die alone in an abandoned house. Um, it's yeah, it's just kind of a a downer that just keeps sinking yeah. as you're watching the film. But, yeah, and there isn't uh, anybody to root for. There's, That's really the thing. There's no one to root for. It's like, get him, Arlette, but she wasn't a fucking prize either. No, like, <laughs> no, she wasn't. And Molly Parker's uh, Arlette, uh, it's like, you, I like her character because she was mo- played by Molly Parker. and But it was she was an unlikable character. Or I like the performance, I guess. And... Thomas Jane, you're kind of taken aback by how different he is in this part. Yeah. And that's worth watching in itself. But yeah. be prepared that... Um, and if you want a slow burn, right. it's a slow burn. Not even the cow survives this film. No. One cow does. One, presumably. Which one is that? The oh, one the cow that the runs house. away. No, the one oh, that's that in the cow house. dies, though. Oh, does he? He, he freezes to death. She freezes to death. Well, he came inside the house. Right. But his house that also imploded. Yeah. Yes. So the cow, he comes home one day and finds the cow frozen to death. Or dying in the process of dying. And he has to kill it. Because there's a lot of cow killing in this movie. This is like, you know, Silence of the Lambs for Cows. Silence of the Cows. We should rename the film Silence for the Cows. We'll sell it in the European market. No one will know. We should become producers. Anyway. Okay. Like we had in the 70s. Just change the title of the movie and re-release it in another country and no one will know. All right. Is that all we have to say about yeah, it? Yeah, sadly that is. And it's Sorry, everyone. It's just that not film. It is okay. much. There's not much there. There. There's not a lot to 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 the story. There's a lot of really interesting visuals, though. But it's not. Um, you know, there are some movies like The Mangler. It's also not very right? long, which is nice. No. Like I think it was what a cool one thirty. Yeah. So. But, there's some films that we watched, like The Mangler, where there was no plot to it whatsoever, but the producers and the director went all in on making the film as outrageous as possible, so there was so much to discuss about that film. And this is just the opposite. This is a very literary film. Yeah. And it unraveled at a very literary pace, and there's allusions to biblical characters and to yeah. Shakespeare and to... But it, in the end, sadly, it doesn't really amount to I much. Just, yeah, I wanted it to be punched up somehow, or... Or maybe it feels like um, 
like an outer limits thing where it mm. should have been 45 minutes right. instead of an hour and a half. They well, could have done it, it in 45. It feels like some of the short stories. Or like a night gallery episode. Right. That's exactly what it is. <sighs> but it reminds me of like Guy de Maupassant and Poe where your a character goes mad in five pages oh, yeah. and then I was like, done. that's your telltale wife. In right. The, in the yeah, that's the telltale wife. I literally said that during the thing. For Telltale Wife and Silence of the Cows. There we go. We have two titles. We can do it. By the rights of this film. I don't want to. We could. I don't want to, though. But it's, yeah, uh, I, if you're against farm violence, though, this film, that, that could be a trigger. Farm-oriented violence. Um, farm-oriented violence. That's, that's terrifying. Constant appearance of rats. There's a lot of really graphic stuff with the rats in this film. Yeah. Lots of it. Yeah. All right. So that's 1922. And now we're up to... a very bad year. Now we're up to... Uh, we're going to be entering into another miniseries. Mm-hmm. The first of three of these. And that will be Mr. Mercedes. Mr. Mercedes, which Mr. I have no Mercedes. idea what it's about. I'm guessing it's a car or maybe... Or maybe the lost girlfriend in a kind of Monte Cristo. Neither. Okay. Well, a car figures prominently into the first season. If they follow the books. I haven't seen these. I'm very, very excited to see these. It's Brendan Gleeson. Mm-hmm. Holland Taylor. And the, the listeners at home are missing the dance. That was You're not seeing my dance. It's, it's amazing. It really is. Not as amazing as my dancing. Mary Louise Parker. Oh, I like Mary Louise Parker. Yeah. So, we're going to watch episode one and two mm-hmm. of season one. Let me make sure this is true. Hold on a second. Pew, 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 pew. There are ten episodes per. Oh, it's a David E. Kelly joint. So there'll be a lot of talking. As episode four was written by Dennis Lehane. Okay. All right. Wow. So, Talk about literary. Yeah. Um, let me just see if I can find the... Dennis Lehane, the comedian? Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> this is uh, on Peacock. I've signed up for a free Peacock thing. It didn't say I needed to do more than that. Um... I don't know how much of this we'll be able to watch for free, uh, or how much. We'll rush through it. It's sixty minutes, so yeah, we'll watch two episodes. Okay. Um. Well, no, I I so don't Peacock know that is the NBC is NBC. Okay. This originally aired on, I believe it was called Audience, which was the AT and T cable network that you could only know. get with AT and T cable. Um, which I don't even know was an offered here, but it doesn't matter. We didn't have it, so um, we haven't seen any of these. It's amazing to me how many networks, yeah, how many channels. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the thing. I'm expecting... I'm Part of me is expecting three of these for free, and then we have to you pay for it. Pay for it. Like, we're watching Nosferatu Season 2, and we watched three of them, or four of them? Uh-huh. Four of them, I think. And then AMC started their own app, and now we can't watch anymore. Right, and it was them. a pity because it was right before they took a big leap with the show and changed the direction and maybe sacrificed a character. We still don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a... Uh, 
Also, disappointing I loss. do want to say for the Hodges trilogy, for the screen, it was envisioned to be a quadrilogy. So mm-hmm. the first season is the first book and the second season is the second book, but the third season is only half of the third book. And they're not doing a fourth season, except maybe now Peacock will finish it because right. it has a new home. But we may just end up halfway through the story. Um, but we'll get through for the we'll first stop. two. We'll just stop wherever it is and go, yeah, well, well, too bad. I mean, we will stop because they will have made no more, so we will be able to watch no more. No, I mean, well... Okay. So that's what we're watching next week. So if you guys can get a free Peacock... Uh, Peacock's big uh, ...account, then... Ah! Watch along with us because I am. I'm very excited. This is um, less horror, more, um, more mystery and detective. Okay. Okay. So I want to ask you what you're gonna I was recommend. Gonna ask you what you're gonna but recommend. I want you to do that. Yay! Do it again. What would you like to recommend? <laughs> I'm gonna recommend what everybody's already seen, but I've seen two times, and that is. The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. What? What does that mean? Tell me more. Is it about queens? Is it about chesses? Is it about... Um... Ooh, I tried to play a chess against an AI today, and I Uh-oh. was like, woof, I'm bad at this game. I haven't played chess in That's three decades, this, and this I am not better at it than I was when I was 10. with a tiny knowledge of chess believe that they can... If they I didn't believe enough. it. I was like, I wonder how bad I'll be. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, very bad. <laughs> very, very bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, so The Queen's Gambit stars Anya Taylor-Joy. It's a miniseries based on the 1983 novel that you despise for outside reasons, not because you've ever read it, because mm-hmm. if you're keeping score, 1983 is after Lemuel was born, so he definitely didn't read the novel. <laughs> and, uh, but there was a... Uh, he had a bad experience. I had with a it. bad experience. And... Uh, it stars, as I said, Anya Taylor-Joy from such films as Split and The Vavitch and a the new Vavitch. movie coming out with um, Nicole Kidman that looks uh, very good. Uh, and she plays Beth Harmon, who is a chess prodigy and an orphan. Watch this show. It's so damn good. <laughs> I Like I said, I saw it twice. I watched the whole thing and then I was like, y'all want to watch this thing? And they were like, oh, I don't I guess. And then they watched it and they were like, wow, it was real good. And I was like, I know I saw it two times. <laughs> That's my story. Watch The Queen's Gambit. It's on Netflix. Delicious. So I, I had a problem with this film because I used to work at a bookstore and the floor manager of that bookstore, this was his go-to book that he would recommend every time somebody didn't have something to read. And it wasn't... He was a jerk. Yeah. And his way of, like, for instance, when people were milling around the store looking for books, he would crouch behind the counter and say, the, what did he call it? The wildebeest are approaching the watering hole. Gross. And he visualized himself as a lion leaping out. Never, and, not once was okay. that man ever lion like I met him. Uh, no, he was, uh, no. no, he was. We don't need to even talk about. Yeah. But, um, but this was the book that he would always recommend. It's by Walter Tevis, who is also wrote The Man Who Fell to Earth. Um, he, wrote, he was a really gifted writer. Um, and uh, another 
story about pool, but that's another thing. Anyhow, um, the the film turned out to be really beautifully rendered. I like Anya Taylor Joy. She's very good. She's really very good. And the We're fact trying that, to watch her Emma, but we haven't been successful yet. Well, well, you have, but she I. She ages through the the character, and she's yeah. playing a person who is on the spectrum, and has Which that's never discussed, but it's but pretty it's, clear. Yeah, fairly clear, and she's also prone to religious ecstasies about chess. Well, and drug ex. Right, but spoiler alert. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's about her struggle with drug addiction. It's about her, and I, and I had it very highly recommended to me by a recovering addict. So uh, it's not disrespectful. It's very realistic in that in that way, and it captures. My friend told me a lot of the feelings that you have when you really become dependent on something and think that's the link to your creativity. And maybe it is, and maybe it isn't. And I don't want to spoil that for you. But the cast is really very good, uh, and so it was. I was really reluctant to see it because I had these negative associations with it. Um, and it turned out to be just a really beautifully mounted production. So, yes, I have to recommend it also. But I have something else to recommend. What do you have to recommend? Do you like horror movies? Sometimes. Mm, okay. I like horror movies because... Because um, um, you're a dark soul. Yes. Um, I haven't worn a color in... 20 years. Anyhow, uh, there's a film called His House, which oh, is currently yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. And um, I'm really reluctant to say the name of the lead actors because I'm going to get this horribly oh. wrong. Mm. And yes, it's very they are funny African actors. Because and it goes, we are terrible people. Wunmi Mosaku, Sope Disiru, and Matt Smith. Dirisu. And Matt yeah. Smith. Matt and Matt Smith. Smith. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I, but anyhow, this is a film about... Matt Smith, uh, Doctor Who. Right. And, um... Who gets to utter the line, there are no doctors nearby, which I thought, how many times did you get through that line without breaking up? I, I just feel like they One me, Mosaku. Um, yeah. It's a film about a pair of Sudanese immigrants who um, get asylum in Great Britain in a house that has been a house that's just trash that's been abandoned by or not abandoned, rather um, they haven't uh, the immigration agency that places them there hasn't had a success with people in that particular house and it's a huge house and everybody's jealous of them, by everybody I mean the people who work at the agency and it's like when they go to complain, they're like, well, that house is bigger than my house. And I'm like, well, then bitch, look straight. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, the literal and figurative ghosts of their time escaping South Sudan follow them. And yeah. I won't go into it we anymore. Don't need to, yeah, don't this go into it. This is very strange because we did 1922, which is a film that was visually striking, but yes. nothing really happens. Correct. Um, nothing that you can't predict. Whatever happens at the beginning of the film, you know what's going to happen. This movie takes twists and turns that you don't see coming. Yeah. And it also is, in some respects, a slow burn. I recommend it watching it, or recommend watching it, in a very dark room. Yes, yeah. There's uh, the, monsters in the shadows. Right, and they are genuinely frightening monsters. I have said this before, I'm all into telling horror from the viewpoints of different cultures and different people, and this is a really striking, striking story. So I have to recommend it. And where is it available? Do you remember? It's available on Netflix. It's on Netflix, Netflix. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it, yeah, uh, it's very good. And and the woman in it is um, played Ruby in Lovecraft Country, right. so we're getting a lot of her, and she is excellent. She's also a singer. She does sing her own stuff in um, Lovecraft Country. In Lovecraft Country, okay. yeah. So uh, she's a very talented and beautiful lady. I like that movie a lot. Um, I liked it. Like I, I thought I'd like it. I like what it was doing, and then I liked how where it went even right. more. Like I kept liking yes, it more. It, it, it was. It does take turns that that are hard, you don't you can't see yep. coming. And where you're it, just like, oh shit! Right, there are <laughs> some gut punches in this yeah. film, and on top of that, just the notion of of the whole immigrant experience itself, what the horrors these people have faced. Yeah. And how they're clinging with bloody fingernails to the idea of finding a, a safe space for their family, yes, exactly. even if this place is haunted as all hell. Yep. Yep. And yeah. these are not these are not harmless ghosts. These are not pictures in the book. No, these and are not the, pictures. These, in the these book. are terrifying knife wielding things that will come get you. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's very very good. And there's some so. lovely references. I think uh, the director, obviously, there's some sort of nods to Baba. And some other things. So it's somebody who's familiar with the history of horror, but doesn't sort of repeat cliches. They're going in their own direction and telling a really interesting story. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I concur. I also like it. Okay. That's going to do it for this week. We almost made it to 50 minutes. (laughs) It's just been a slow week. Also, we're all breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief, even if there's no concession on the in the in the presidential election, there's movements, and um, so that's something. Uh oh, Ziggy wants in, so we gotta wrap this up. All right, next week, Mr. Mercedes. Like I said, check out Peacock. It was free for me to sign up, and hopefully, it's free on there for everybody. So we will be watching episodes one and two for next week. Uh, if you have questions or comments or concerns. You can email us at latecomerspod at at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at latecomerspod. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching latecomerspodcast in the search bar. I remind you to take your medicine. And we remind you, better late late than than never. never.